Hello everyone and welcome to episode 180 of the Final Fantasy Union podcast. I'm your host Daryl and I'm here with Lauren. Hi guys. As you've probably guessed, there is no baby yet, but no. we do have colds. Yeah, we gained that. That was terrific. I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> don't have a baby, have a cold. Thanks, Ellie. It's an interesting trade-off. Yeah, yeah. But no, we, we're, we're pulling through, we're... Moving along, you know, yeah, <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. That's all we have. I know. Sorry, we were like up at 3 a.m. Just, yeah, this is what happens when you're an adult and you get sick and then you have to wake up at 3 a.m. And then your child wakes you up at like seven or six and then sometimes five, sometimes five. It's, it's good times. Tired. Good times. Yeah. But we'll do our best. We'll do our best. We will do our best. And actually, we have a lot to talk about today because Final Fantasy has finally arrived anniversary style. Ooh. I know, right? They were talking about the 30th anniversary and the 31st anniversary. And now we actually have, I guess, what they were teasing for a long time. <laughs> they finally got their stuff together. I mean, Hashimoto was talking about this in February 2017. Uh, so we're now a year and a half later. Yeah. And uh, yes, yeah, so we're going to talk about that. There's been so much announced. It's been absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's just crazy because I don't remember. I don't remember TGS being like this before, like where they've done like five thousand announcements. Like they've done announcements in the past before TGS, but this just seems like extreme amounts it's not just square either like no. other companies have done it too like nintendo direct even delayed their stream because of the earthquake yeah so that was supposed to be yeah because the playstation um conference was a over a week before the start of tgs yeah and it's like fair enough at like e3 gamescom people do their press conferences in the build-up so it's like the day before or two days before this is over a week before yeah like tgs still hasn't happened yet like it's just crazy but um either way uh yeah it's it's it is a bucket load of stuff really so we're gonna get onto that in a minute uh but obviously for you new folks who are listening for the first time final fantasy union is part of a podcast series called final fantasy and kingdom Hearts union and it's presented by the gaming union network we have a new show every tuesday working in rotation with kingdom Hearts union and we come on the itunes store as well as finalfantasyunion.com and now we're going to do our Patreon shoutouts, and this is for everyone who has pledged $2.50 or more per episode. And as Brandon likes to put it, they are our executive producers. Yeah. So, Lauren, you can kick things off. Sure. Blue Machine at Blue Machine. Then we have Lewis James. Nahi Kablawi. Barry Norton at Nortron Zero. Chris Morales. Eric Decker at Chalk Taco. Michael Graham. Thorin Bullen at Massacre 23. Zach Duranto at Zed Duranto 58. Josh McNabb. Muhammad Kayam. Rachel Casterton at Urbion Ray. Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Quail. Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. Darren Matthews at Doomster73. Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J. Keith Field at The Mighty Keith. Billy Jackson at Underscore Billy Jackson. Mike. Ishbel Ayala at Red Beppers. Vitanitas. Rob Porter at Squirty Bertie One. Tobias Cappy at The Tobias Cappy. Nathaniel Jackson. Miles Ribbons. David Calro. And Tori Patrick. Yay! Yay! Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys. Okay, so now we're going to move on to our main topic, which is about the huge news explosion we've had for Final Fantasy, which is kind of what we were expecting at some point last year. Yeah, yeah, we were. But 
it didn't happen. <laughs> so, I mean, to provide some context here as to why this is so strange, um, basically, at the start of um, 2017, they held the opening ceremony event. Um, they had in the build-up said that there was going to be a lot of guest speakers there and that they were going to be making some announcements about what would be happening throughout the rest of the year. Um, well, no, it was more, it wasn't like... It was more like they were going to announce the um, some of the stuff, but then there was going to be more that followed. Yeah, like they made it seem like it was like this big thing, like the Olympics, like they were going to be like releasing something maybe like every quarter of the year or something. Like they they made it sound like they had they had their crap together. I mean, like I know that obviously at the time the expectation was that this was the kind of conference they were hosting to basically say their entire plans for the year they were going to announce all the games they were working on i don't think that was ever supposed to be the case but mm. obviously during the event they did talk about some stuff so they uh, announced the booster pack for 15 which they then had to postpone <laughs> they i think they announced a release date for episode gladiolus they showed the final fantasy 7 remake key art they announced a collaboration with brave exfius and mm. the 7 remake i think um and, and then they also did like the merchandise and stuff yep and then that's the release date for the zodiac age as well and that was the weird thing as well because like they kind of announced the merchandise but then there was other merchandise that they released later that like just never really got mentioned i mean correct me if i'm wrong um but like there was there was a few things that i was just like i found later and I was just like, oh my god, I so would have wanted that. Like, they had, like, a little tea saucer set. And I just thought it was so cute. And I was so desperate for it um, when I saw it. And then, like, nobody said anything about it. So it was sold out everywhere. And I just... So sad. I think they... Obviously, this event was for Japanese, the Japanese audience. Yeah. But, and so they, and they a lot of the merchandise, ja- yeah. Jap- a lot of the merchandise Japan. they did was Japanese-centric. And then I think the individual regions ended up doing their own stuff. And then obviously mm-hmm. throughout the year, they just kept coming out with random trinkets. But they didn't have like a central... It didn't feel like they had like a central point where they were sort of announcing it. You had to sort of like find it for yourself. Yeah. Which is kind of what happens with Square Enix anyway. I don't know why they didn't just say like, this is some of the 30th anniversary merchandise. You can get it globally. And like we might have one or two unique items that you can get per region. But it seemed to be like it was a complete mismatch of everything and every single region had completely different things like yeah at some point during the year do. obviously we had the the pop-up store in the uk that sold some stuff as well which none of the other regions got i don't believe no not really the uh japan got like the arts galleries and stuff which europe didn't get i don't know if america got any i think they might have done tied in with e3 or something mm. but either way the event was not well received really because people had those expectations and then afterwards Hashimoto who's obviously the brand manager for Final Fantasy in general did an interview for Mitsu where he basically said like this was a curtain raiser like we weren't really going to announce anything but we're going to be announcing so much more throughout the year yeah we've got uh, quite a few games we're working on as part of the anniversary and we're also working on some other home entertainment properties as well like movies and stuff and it was like okay great like we can't wait to hear what's going to happen with all this. It's going to be great. Um, And then obviously E3 rolled around. Nothing really announced relating to the anniversary. The only things they did were just talked about stuff they were going to be doing anyway, which was 15 DLC, more collaborations with Brave Exvius and Mobius and Record Keeper and 
I was just thinking, though, like how much better it would have been if they had just like waited on World of Final Fantasy and then just released it in 2017 to 2016. Like, it just seems like such a waste because, like, I mean, the 30th anniversary was right there. Why not just treat that as the 30th anniversary game and like how they did with Dissidia, like for the 25th anniversary? Uh, Dissidia was the 20th, but they did 20th. Theatre Them for the 25th. Theatre Them for the 25th. Like, it just seemed like such a missed opportunity because that game is such a, a, love, a love letter to the series as a whole. Um, and yeah, no, it was just, it's just really strange. I think, honestly, I think what happened behind the scenes was the fact that they, this just came, this just came really fast for them. It came too fast for them because if you think about it, they were dealing so much with Final Fantasy 15 and they put so much into promoting Final Fantasy 15 with like the Uncovered event and like, they had so many other things that they were doing that it doesn't seem like they had, they gave themselves the time to organize something properly for the 30th anniversary. I mean, and, yeah, like you had those interviews with Amura where people were asking him, like, what are you doing? And he was just like, I don't know yet. Yeah. I mean, granted, like Daryl and I kind of had a conversation about it um, a few days back where I was just kind of like, you know, it'd be crazy if they did an anniversary event for every game in the series like that would just be way too hardcore like they really should just focus on the 30th anniversary of the series instead of like the anniversary for each game although I know that a lot of people are just like oh my god like this is my favorite game like I would love if they would have an anniversary thing for them but like if you think about how many freaking games there are like that is a lot of stuff and also the frequency of them in the olden days so and and what anniversaries do you celebrate? Do you yeah. do the tenth, fifteenth, twentieth? Yeah. People with these specific games seem to make a big deal about the twentieth anniversary. Mm. But then the tenth anniversary is also a pretty big deal as well. I yeah. know there was seven they did the twentieth anniversary one because if I'm thinking correctly, they said that they wouldn't release anything well, the compilation was still active until the twentieth anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it didn't release anything else for it. It's like having fifteen plus wives. That you have to have an anniversary, you have to remember an anniversary for. Yeah. Like, that's just that's just hard. And then some of the games were released on the same days as other games. So then what do you do? Like, it's I think just there like was, having twins. Yeah. So it's it's just difficult. And I, I just think, like, yeah, if they, if they did focus on the 30th anniversary solely, that would have been good. But I think it just came at a bad time for them. Yeah, because, I mean, that year, obviously, they, they dropped the ball twice because... Not only was it the 30th anniversary for the franchise, it was the 20th anniversary for the biggest game in the franchise. Mm -hmm. And they didn't really do anything for either of them in that year. They did a snow, a snow sculpture. Which was an homage to the original snow sculpture they did. But then the other issue is the fact that one of the guys who's very synonymous with Final Fantasy VII and holds a lot of the rights to like the artwork and stuff and has a lot to say, Tetsuya Nomura is working hardcore on Kingdom Hearts 3. And the 7 Remake. And the 7 Remake. So it's just, it, it just came at a really bad time for them, I think. And I think that they just kind of, they it, it was in the back of their minds, honestly. Like, I feel like it was just something that they probably came up in a meeting. Oh, it's the 30th anniversary. Oh, crap. What are we going to do? Let's hold an opening ceremony <laughs> where we'll announce some stuff that we probably 
didn't need to announce that time, but well, you know, it's a good platform for it. Yeah, and then at least it'll be something throughout the year. You know, obviously they did did a sit. They announced the city NT at E3, um, and then. Hashimoto in the build-up to TGS last year said that there were going to be loads of announcements at TGS about Final Fantasy. Didn't happen. Then after that, Hashimoto did another interview. I think it was with that Edamame Arcade channel on uh, YouTube okay, that they yeah. support, where he said that 2018 was going to be a huge year for Final Fantasy. And, you know, we were all kind of thinking, well, is it going to be a huge year for the brand? <gasps> and, you know, we're now in September. And I think up to this point, Obviously, we had the release of Decidia NT earlier this year. But aside from that, this has probably been the the lowest amount of frequency or hype or anything relating to the brand for the last decade. Mm. So I think you and I were just kind of thinking, well, if this is if this is like the a big year for the brand, this is probably the worst, like the lowest <laughs> year for the brand. Like they're literally not talking about anything. I know. The only conversation that's really come out about 15 is they had the uh, season season two for 15 DLC. They've mm. had the Windows edition uh, kind of going on. But well, outside of that, it's, mostly been, it's just been mobile games. But the collaborations haven't even been with other Final Fantasy properties. They've been <laughs> with Just Cause, Deus Ex, Dragon Quest. Yeah, that's the thing as well. Tomb Raider. Dragon Quest. I know, it's just so much. But like, yeah, like they've just kind of... He kind of said that and then he just kind of forgot that he said that. <laughs> Until now. Until now. So basically in the build up to TGS, as Lauren alluded to, Square Enix just went crazy mm. and they announced so much stuff. I think, well, I mean, yeah, so it's like nine, ten, no, eight games. <laughs> Um, so they started off with, um, I guess a lot of it came in this Nintendo Direct um well was it the playstation no i think it was the playstation um event first because remember there was the playstation there was the playstation uh live show or whatever it was did they announce anything during that i don't think they yeah did. it was crystal chronicles crystal chronicles remaster was announced during that uh yes so okay. yeah so yeah so first of all they announced crystal chronicles remaster mm. um which obviously is huge and i've been banging on about crystal chronicles for a long time <laughs> especially the original and I think it was we... in our vows yep, that was, I mean, at one point we would have was, to play it. It was such a great experience, but obviously it's just so hard to replicate that original experience now. You've you've got to find a GameCube, you've got to find four Game Boy Advances and four Link Cables, and you've got and to have friends. four people locally that can play <laughs> it with you. And friends. And, you know, that's just not accessible for most people these days. No, um, not unless you're in university, which is what you did. Yes, it was. That's when I played it. Yeah. Um. Obviously now they're doing Crystal Chronicles Remaster. It's coming out on the PlayStation 4 and the Switch. No Xbox. Um, and it's going to have online multiplayer. They've also said they're going to have expanded dungeons. So it's kind of their tease for people that played the original if you want to come back and experience something a bit different. I, I think it's going to be so exciting to, to be able to play it. And mm. I'm curious to see what they're going to do because obviously with the original game, the the whole reason that you had the Game Boy Advances, because obviously the GameCube had four controller ports anyway, the reason for the Game Boy Advances is that you got given exclusive information that you couldn't share with well you had to vocally share with other people it like only one person had access to a map another person had access to treasure maps so it would just be dots on a screen but no location for them another person would be given uh, kind of a, a scan ability so they could see what and whenever you were fighting his enemies what their weaknesses were how much health they had left and then um what did the last person have i think they i can't remember oh dear 
Well, that's something. Yeah. That's something that enabled <laughs> them to, to But yeah, essentially they had, they each person had their own thing, which you could see on the Game Boy Advance, but nobody else could see. Exactly. And then you obviously had your own, um, because obviously it was a collaborative game, but you, you, you were in charge of your own character's progression. And the leveling system was based around performance in the level. So you each had your own objective, which could be counterintuitive. Um, so it could be a case that you had to, you were the mage primarily in your party. Like that was your kind of role that you'd, you'd agreed on. But then the game would give you the objective of don't cast magic. <laughs> and you have to try and do that without making anyone else realize that that was your objective. So it would be the, like, I remember it happening all the time where the mage would just suddenly maybe wouldn't be as, as proactive with healing <laughs> as they had previously been. Or it might be that your your objective is to take as much damage as possible. Yeah. In which case you'd just be running in there being an absolute pain in the ass because <laughs> you just need healing all the time. You're dying all the time because you just want to take as much damage. Yeah. So the game, like, they were smart in terms of how they mixed it up. And obviously if you perform best, then you got the best picking for the upgrade equipment at the end of the level. Mm. So it's going to be interesting to see how they employ that mechanic with I'm, the new screen system. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm guessing, well, they they could easily do it, I think, with the Switch. But I'm guessing that because of the PlayStation 4, it's just going to be that you have to have your own monitor. I don't know if you'll be able to play it locally. Well, so I was having a discussion with some guys about this. So the PlayStation 4, you can use tablets and smartphones. Oh, that's and, true. And um, I think the Switch doesn't actually... It's probably worse for that yeah. because um, if it's the online multiplayer, it would probably work because you, you'd have the personalized screen, but locally it probably wouldn't work that well. Mm. But I no, don't know. That'd be, yeah, that'd probably be a way around it. Well, no, I think mobile phones. if you're using the Switch, you, the, it's not like the Wii U. Mm. So you don't, the, the console gets docked when you're using the big screen. Mm. So you don't get a second screen. I thought you did. I don't know. Either way, we'll see what they do. But mobile phones is a good shot, actually. But yeah, I'm I'm really excited because I completely missed out on GameCube. Like, I just, I always loved the games that were on it, but I just didn't ever get the console. I guess I was just too involved with my PlayStation 2. I think the GameCube is a weird one. I know in this country especially, it just didn't really kick off. And yeah. a lot of retailers it ended up just not even supporting it because it just wasn't selling. Mm. I think it ended up selling maybe 20 million which is weird because there's just so many iconic games on it. It just didn't really have the marketing. Mm. I think that was the thing that Sony did so well back in those days. It just had the marketing. And while Nintendo always had their first party games, it was really the generation where it was about third party support and they just didn't really have it. And I mean, like, I think I was looking up Crystal Chronicles is maybe the second best selling third party game on the system although actually it was really it was kind of co-developed with nintendo well actually i think it was co-developed with nintendo they had a an agreement with mm. with square enix about it um but outside of that pretty much like the top uh, in the top 20 games i think like two of them are third party yeah which and, is crazy. and they didn't really sell that much like there was no i think the the nintendo brand at the time was was suffering like they had mario they had mario kart but it just didn't have that same appeal well, yeah, I mean, you're going up against PlayStation 2, which arguably is the best console ever. In They just in did the a world. really good job. They they did, yeah, there's just too many games on the PlayStation 2. But anyways. But yeah, so, um, yeah, there, there were three other, essentially, oh, like, this is, and this is the weird thing, like, so they haven't actually announced anything new. 
Mm. So Square Enix have announced the Crystal Chronicles remaster. They've announced that the Pocket Edition is coming to HD consoles, which was a bit of a strange one. Yeah, but actually, um, Donna on our um, in our group, uh, she actually had a very fair point. Like, I know a lot of people are upset about the fact that um, it just seems like a cop out, or it just seems weird that they're playing it on, um, they're putting it out on a console that they're wasting the time putting it on a console or whatever. But the thing is, is that we take advantage, we take for granted the fact that a lot of us have really good phones, like. You know, if you have a really good phone, you can pretty much play any game that's out. But if you don't, you can't. Like, I mean, I was stuck with a crap phone for a while just because, like, we just didn't upgrade. We decided that it would be better to just stay on a SIM card plan. And, you know, it just meant that I couldn't play certain games on my phone. So for someone who didn't get to experience Pocket Edition because of their limitations with their phone... You know, this is a good opportunity for them to play it. And also, to further caveat that, there's additional dialogue that isn't included in any of the other versions. Some. Some. Not a lot. But even still, like, you know, I think for those people, it is actually beneficial. I think the, I mean, if I was a PlayStation 4 Xbox One owner, I would just say, like, we'll just buy the actual game. But on Switch, you can't do that. So if you have a Switch and you don't have the other systems, this is the only way you can play Final Fantasy XV. Yeah. Assuming you also don't have a PC. Yeah. So, and, I, and you know, the whole thing is, is it is a different experience. It's a different way of playing the same game. Um, I don't know if it's easier or not, but um, like if you didn't really get on with Final Fantasy XV, you didn't like the gameplay or anything like that, then, you know, it's another opportunity to try and yeah. experience it. I mean, I personally won't be getting it. No, but, I probably won't either. But you know, if it, I I can't believe that it it was downloaded over th- over three million times. Though I, it's got to be way more than that now. Though. Like I mean, it was three million times within three weeks. Like that's crazy. But like, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't think it's any, I don't think it's any skin off our noses about it. Like I'm I'm guessing that the main team are not necessarily like too heavily involved with the port i imagine it was quite easy for them to port it well i mean i'm maybe talking absolute bs here but the with the resolutions of iphones and android devices now anyway it probably was hd to begin with yeah so it's probably not something that's really complicated so it's just kind of one of those things where it's like if you don't if you're not interested in it don't get it just 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 skip it but for the people who it benefits Play it and have fun. Okay, so the next game they announced was uh, World of Final Fantasy Maxima, which is going to see World of Final Fantasy no longer being a PlayStation exclusive. It's coming to Switch, Xbox One, and I think it was already on PC anyway. That happened earlier this year, didn't it? So mm. um, basically, it's going to act similar to the Royal Edition. It's it, it basically makes World of Final Fantasy kind of the ultimate edition. It will be sold as DLC as well as the standalone edition. I think the price point is going to be about 15 to 20 pounds for it. And I mean, like I enjoyed World of Final Fantasy, but this does seem not like that much of a good deal. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like if obviously if you didn't pick up World of Final Fantasy before, and again, if you if you don't have a PlayStation 4 or a PC or a Vita and you want to check it out on the Switch or Xbox One, obviously it's a good idea. But um, like the content they're adding is, it doesn't seem that reasonable to me mm. like they're adding six new champions you can summon 
Uh, they're adding some new mirages. There's a new fishing game based around Noctis. And there's the <laughs> them ability... Them and their fishing. Yeah. They're so obsessed with their fishing plus And them. there's the ability to um, change playing as Ren and Lan in combat so you can play as the champions and use some unique abilities for them. But is that worth 15 to 20 pounds? Yeah, that's the thing. There may be some new story sequences, like, but... If you're a really big fan of World of Final Fantasy, like, it, yeah, like, sure, you know. And... Like, also, if you bought World of Final Fantasy, like, it, if you bought it on the PlayStation, you probably bought it ages ago. So it's, it's just two putting, years ago now. It's putting 15 pounds into a game that you already liked. I mean, you're still putting money into Final Fantasy 15 if you're buying the DLC. So, like, what's the sort of, what's the sort of difference? And really? how much are you guys spending on the mobile games? Yeah, how much are you? How much are, how much money have you put in Opera Omnia? Be honest. But yeah, so that's going to come out, uh, I think it's the 6th of November. Mm. No word on whether it's coming out to the Vita yet. There's been mm. a bit of uh, contention around that but yeah we'll see uh the next one kind of came out of the blue <laughs> um so this is our fourth announcement they made it's that they're doing a remaster of final fantasy fable chocobo's dungeon called chocobo's mystery dungeon everybody no <laughs> so it's a remake of the original uh game that came out in the two th- in 2007 on the wii and the ds and they're saying they're designing it for new gaming systems, but that's pretty much all they've said, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. Other than the fact it's coming out on the PlayStation 4 and Switch, no Xbox One or PC for this version, uh, and it's going to be coming out at some point during this winter. Hmm. That's that's pretty much all we know. It's so funny, because there, there's so many Chocobo games that we just have never seen. Like, they've done so many Chocobo games in Japan. Like, Daryl and I had a time where we were just, like, looking through every game that they made, and uh, there must be, like, ten of them, at least. I think there's more. Like, yeah. it's just insane. And, like, I don't, do they even know if this is coming out in the West? I think it is, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I'll I'll be interested to see what it is. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't know mu- that much about it, if I'm honest. Yeah. I should say that um, the Pocket Edition HD is actually out now, if you are interested in checking that out, so you can do so. Mm. Um, but yeah, most, I mean, like, Maximus is coming out in November, uh, Mystery Dungeon is coming out this winter, Crystal Chronicles is next year, um, so most of it's actually happening this year, mm-hmm. which is the 31st anniversary. Yay! Um, and then they also did a, a really big announcement that actually, I mean, I didn't think it was that big of an announcement, <laughs> but it was. I mean, my dad even came and told me about it. It, <laughs> it made mainstream news. I just couldn't believe it. Like, how how is this made like main news? And it was mostly that Final Fantasy VII and Nine and the Ten Ten Two HD Remaster and the Zodiac Age are all releasing on Xbox One and Switch. Yep. That's the news. <laughs> I mean, like, it's it's obviously big if you yeah if you don't have a PlayStation Four. Yeah. But all these games are out on the PlayStation 4. They're also out like, on the PC. I mean, it's big within our community, obviously. I just couldn't believe that it it had, like, just had such widespread coverage. Like, oh my god, I get to play the same game again. On a new <laughs> system. On a new system. But yeah, no. Um, no, I mean, it's cool. Uh, like, yeah, I mean... It's hard. It's hard for me to be like sort of still excited about this kind of stuff because I've I've played these on so many consoles anyway. Like I that sounds yeah. really pretentious and really privileged of me. But like I still kind of think like, you know, I can play all these games on Steam, so I don't really care too much. Like 
But yeah. there again, there's people who don't have who don't have the computers that I have, so therefore it is beneficial for them. But I am still waiting for them to come on freaking Mac, man. Like the fact that I can't play a Final Fantasy game on my Mac without having to go into either Passport. So exactly, that's how these guys camp. feel. Is really annoying. That's how these guys feel. It's true. That's why I. That's why I can say I. I am taking it for granted, and I am being a bit of a dick. But <laughs> I am also just kind of like you know, it's it's cool for those people who want to play those games and haven't been able to enjoy. Enjoy. Yeah. Get your I mean, Xbox so, achievements. So this is all happening in 2019. Uh, no, Although, no planned release date yet. I wonder what this means for the future, because obviously if they re-release any other games, any other remasters, it feels like they should theoretically put it on at least Switch or Xbox One. I mean, they're not doing Xbox One, obviously, for the um, Crystal Chronicles remaster, but I would think if they if I, they remastered like honestly, Six or something. Honestly, I don't know what is going on with them, because like for the basically they've been avoiding the xbox one like the plague yeah they did uh final fantasy 15 on xbox one they're doing kingdom hearts 3 on xbox one and their western titles all go on xbox one but they did that huge run of just ignoring the xbox one mm-hmm. i don't know if they had an exclusivity agreement with playstation that's maybe still in effect for the launch of new games mm. because obviously near automata didn't go on xbox one for a long time yeah. as well um i it's it's strange. Yeah. I mean, Dragon Quest as well isn't on Xbox One. Yeah. Like, maybe they do have some agreement that just says, like, whenever they're doing... Whenever they produce something new, it has to go on PS4. First. But Switch is in the equation now. Yeah. Just no Xbox One on, on the Crystal Chronicles and Mystery Dungeon, which are the two new remasters. Um, it's strange. I, yeah. I don't quite understand what's going on there either way um this has been obviously a controversial <laughs> announcement as well but on the other side people are saying well where's final fantasy 8 why is there no 13 trilogy yeah there's a lot of theories over final fantasy 8 some of which i think are legitimate but it's not because square enix hate 8 like let's just get that clear it's not because they it's not, have it's not a Quentin a vendetta. campaign. They don't have a vendetta against eight. Square Enix is not leaving you guys out in the cold. It's, I mean, the rumor is that they don't have the data for it. And that's basically because, like, so when they used to make the games, they would make, like, a final version. And it's like rendering a video where you you render out the final version, but they were silly about it, and then they deleted the... Well, they deleted... They they lost it. They lost it, quote-unquote. They deleted the... Or lost the um, editable file. Like, when you're doing, like, an image on Photoshop and you save it as a JPEG instead of saving it as a PSD, that's essentially what they kind of used to do. And this happened with Seven... And I think it also was revealed that it happened with 9 as well. Hence why they had to remaster them in order to re-release them. Because if you remember, like, it wasn't that long ago that 7 came out on PSN. Like, it wasn't... They... Because it was right... It was before they announced the Final Fantasy VII remake. I'm saying that that was not that long ago. It actually was now. But, like, if you you think about that, that... situation with both of those games it's easy to see that that probably is the case with eight and the problem with eight is the fact that like it's not just 
it's it's not just the game that's lost. It's like everything else because eight is the one that has the worst of the music. No, 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 no. Oh, sorry. No. It, oh, sorry. It's nothing it's... to do with that. That's the fact that on Steam, they just ported the original PC version. Um, and then when that released, it was the same with seven as well. It was based around the fact that you could but play seven... you could play the soundtrack using your MIDI. Yeah, but, but seven, seven didn't, didn't have... have... No, but seven had a MIDI-based soundtrack that they uh, could leverage. Okay. Okay. Eights was all... Um, promoting fa- false yeah. news. Fake uh, news. That, at least that's what I understand. Yeah, that, but either way, I... either way, eight, eight does have does have a lot that they have to sort of redo and also the fact that it's like so expansive as well even in comparison to seven like there's so much there's a lot more with it um that they have to do um so yeah they would basically i think that what what's probably happened is is that they probably have to rebuild the entire game starting from scratch and as they have so much going on it's probably not high up in their priorities no because like if you think about it as well like they would have to build up like all of laguna's stuff as well like there's there's not a lot of reused content in i guess maybe there is i don't know it's just eight just has so much that's going on like you have the cars you have the trains you have to have so much stuff in eight that it it's a massive undertaking and it might just be that they're working on it or they're planning on working on it in the future. But yeah, it's not it's it's more than likely not because they just hate eight and they're just being horrible. It's it's probably just because logistically it just doesn't work. Yeah. And thirteen trilogy, no one knows. No. No one knows. <laughs> um, so that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, like that's the kind of anniversary explosion I guess we were hoping for a while ago. Um, there may be more stuff planned. We don't know. Who knows? But yeah, that's that's pretty much the episode this time. Unfortunately, we're gonna do a bit of a shorter one because we are not well, and <laughs> the yeah, it's it's sorry if this episode hasn't been as as entertaining as the previous couple. It's uh, it's been difficult. We've been having to pause every so often just to make sure that we are fresh. <laughs> let's say. Yeah. Um, no. But yeah, we we we've 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 tried. We've, we've tried. tried our best. Tried we've our, done best. our best. We still got it out. Still yes. Got it out. Yes. All right. So, music this episode is from Final Fantasy VII. It's uh, an arrangement of the Victory Fanfare by Holder and a Fixer, um, who actually is uh, someone on Monster Cat. Lauren, mm. you that. Ooh. Um, so, the next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the second of October. Uh, depending on our situation, there will hopefully definitely be a baby by that point um, <laughs> so it may actually be an episode with myself and chris aka hookathy instead of lauren as she is uh, doing whatever she does um <laughs> whatever i do as a mom yeah exactly you know, you know stuff chill be sure to subscribe to us on itunes though if you just search for final fantasy we're there or thereabouts and of course uh be sure to subscribe to us on youtube we've just done a big video on the four fiends and how they have been represented in the first six uh, iterations of the franchise. We've been doing follow-up parts of that. We've got mo- loads of other stuff planned as well. Um, and of course, you can catch all our news coverage by Braden on FunnelFantasyUnion.com. And if you enjoy what we do, uh, why not support us on Patreon? Patreon.com forward slash FFKUnion. And with that, it's time for us to say goodbye. Goodbye. And I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a FunnelFantasyUnion.com production. <laughs> <laughs>